Um, as I said, like we chose to come to the U.S. So I got here and my brother came to Portland from to the airport to pick me up. So we were driving <laughs> from Portland to Eugene and I saw the worst rain ever. Like it was crazy. The car was shaking on I-5. I'm like, oh my God. And then we got to the Salem area and you look over, I'm like, hmm. Look at the farms and the ships and the cows and everything. I'm like, am I moving to a village? <laughs> <laughs> so I got here, everyone started talking to me. And I'm like, huh? What? <laughs> what do you mean? I couldn't, like, because people use a lot of slangs. And, I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, huh? Like, this culture of, like, brunching. You know, going to brunch on Sundays. I love it. And bottomless mimosas. My guest this week is Hassam Ritegar. During our time speaking, he told me about immigrating to America from Iran, adapting to the culture here, the foods he misses from back home, and experience with education while working towards obtaining a position in dentistry. Hassam is an incredibly authentic and lively individual who had many great insights and stories to tell. All of those will be coming up just after this. You're listening to the Uniquely Eugene podcast, a show dedicated to highlighting the unique stories, ideas, and perspectives of the people living right here in our community of Eugene, Oregon. Here's your host, Anthony Che. First things first, I'll allow Hassam to introduce himself. Yeah, so my name is Hassam Riktegabrenji. I'm 28. I live in Eugene, Oregon. And right now I'm in a school to become a dentist, trying. <laughs> First, I asked him to describe his home back in Iran prior to immigrating here. Here he is talking about growing up in the capital of Iran and his family's experience of coming to America. Yes, I was born and raised in Tehran, Iran. I lived there for 20 years. And then there's an interesting story here that there is this like visa lottery for people in other countries that they can, if they win the lottery, they can come to the US. So in 2011, my mom won the lottery and I was part of like that group. Um, so we came to the US like in 2012 after, you know, like long interviews and like background checks and all those things. So for the very first time we went to Chicago and then we stayed there for a month because, you know, my mom had cousins there. And so we got, you know, like just the paperwork and, you know, for the immigration stuff to get your green card, your social security and like the basic things. And then I went back home for two years because I got into college before I come to the U.S. So I started college back in Iran. And I was studying uh, project management in Iran, and I studied that for three years. But uh, because of my residency here in the U.S., I couldn't finish my bachelor back in Iran. So I had to, like, move here and start from zero. Start fresh? Yes. Oh, it's so frustrating. Uh, what were the emotions that you felt during that? Well, because I didn't want to, like, finish my degree in Iran, kind of, because my mom's cousins 
they're all doctors and like cardiologists and they're like hygienists and those type of thing and they're like u.s doesn't need engineers anymore you know if you be in like health professions you always have like this job security that like no one can kick you out of your job and then you'll have like bright future if you've been like in health professions i'm like oh my god what should i do what should i choose and then i had this like interest in dentistry because one of my uh, friends like my closest friends his dad is a dentist and like i was going to his office and you know be there like spend time with with my friend at the office i'm like oh this is cool and then so i was like yeah i can i think i can do like being dental field i wasn't sure if i want to be a dentist or any other you know like like hygienist or assistant or anything i just like let me i'm gonna be in the dental field so i when i came here so my brother was already here because he was studying uh, business he's he was studying to get his phd at uovo and uh, so I started at LCC Lane Community College, and I didn't have any major or anything. I just started my like taking my science classes and stuff, and I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna start taking some basic, you know, general science classes and see where it goes. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Did, like, so a little bit about your journey coming like here to like the U.S. <clears throat> like, was that a goal for you? Like. And your family growing up, or was it kind of just circumstantial where it was like, hey, there's an opportunity here, and you're trying to fulfill it? Well, like, I never thought about coming, like, moving to another country. Mm -hmm. My brother did this without telling us about this lottery or anything. He just, like, took a picture of us, like, for the application. Mm -hmm. He registered our names for the lottery, and then... So you can register it like every year, mm-hmm. it's just an annual thing. Yeah. And then it was like the third year and we didn't know anything about this. So my brother was doing it. So for the third year that he put our name in the lottery, my mom won. Uh-huh. And we were just sitting at home, it was like a normal day. And he said, hey mom, come see the, like the laptop, see what is it about? So my mom like read the, like the title, like congratulations, you're, you get you have this opportunity to move to the u.s and like my mom and my dad got excited and then i was 18 i was like okay we want to move we can move i mean i don't care but now i never thought about like moving to another country gotcha yeah. so the if i want to talk about the process of the like coming to the u.s it's just like when you when they like your name get picked up so you have like interviews you and you know there's no embassy in Iran there's no US embassy in Iran so you need to travel to another like neighboring countries for the interview and there's a lot of medical exams that you need to do and like they check your all the vaccines that you have when you were a kid all those you know like medical things and then they check your like they do like a background check for you but because I was 18 they didn't do much on me it was just like for my mom and my dad and um, and then they'll, if you pass, like if they need a background check on you, so they'll give you like a two or three months of like it takes time for them to do the background check. And then after that, they'll put a visa on your passport so you can come to the US. Cool. Yeah. And what was the process of getting the visa on your passport and then actually establishing residency? 
Do you have a residency established? Yeah. Yes, I'm okay. a citizen. Now. Okay, cool. Yeah. What was that like? Um. So, like, when you pass to an interview and everything, when you are in the U.S., uh, you can, yeah, you know, they'll give you your um, permanent residency card. So you have all the rights and everything, like a citizen, except voting. So you cannot vote if you are a permanent resident. And then you need to be here in the U.S. for five years. And um, then you can apply for citizenship. And, you know, to become a citizen, there are all, like, all the other things that you need to do. There is a test, like interview questions. Um, there are like 100 questions that you need to study. I'm sure most of the Americans don't know the answer to these questions. Probably. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you have any examples? You know, like about the founding fathers, like what is like the amendments and, you know, all the like, you know, crazy things. <laughs> uh, all the old, old school. Yes. Like there are questions about everything. Like there are like geography questions, you know. I mean, they're all like, th I mean, it's good to know these things, you know, like it's about the history and, you know, like about the, uh, the time about the slavery and, you know. Like, it's really, really good to know, uh -huh. but I'm sure most of the people don't know about these things. But yeah. you need to pass this test to become a citizen mm -hmm. because you're from another country. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, all the questions were just, like, were kind of easy for me because I was in college. It was, like, studying. I was just, okay, there's 100 questions I can just memorize. You uh -huh. know? But it could be hard for, like, older people, you know? Yeah. And that they're, they're not, like, fluent in English. It's, like, hard to understand like for my mom and that they spend so much time to learn like studying these questions mm -hmm. you know and is there a penalty if you aren't able to pass the test or like what what is the ne like necessity to pass the test and then um is there like a deadline or how does that work so when you are a permanent resident mm -hmm. when you are not a citizen mm -hmm. so you cannot vote that's the main thing but if you like if you're like there are a lot of people like in my country that they're like permanent residents they have the green card um they need to be here like every six months so they need to check in with the god like with the embassy or whatever every six months so you cannot stay out of the country for more than six months so that's the thing for most of the people that okay. could be like a little bit frustrating and um, because they are saying that you got this card to become a resident in here so you cannot just go travel. It's not like a travel visa, you know? Gotcha. That's the most, like, important thing about it. And just the right to vote. Yeah. So um, when you establish citizenship here, does that mean you give up your citizenship in Iran? Uh, no, it doesn't work that way for Iran, but there are other countries that when you, you become... Choose. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I have uh, dual citizenship right now. Nice. I'm fancy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, what kind of perks do you feel like that gives you? And is it like, is it just easier to tra travel from like back home to, to here? For sure, it's easier to travel with the American passport, you know, because Iran doesn't have really good relationship with some countries. Um, and you need to apply for visa for those or some kind, like most of the countries when mm -hmm. you have Iranian passport. But with the American passport, you can travel, you know, with no problem. That's like the traveling part, and I love traveling, so that's a good thing. And um, 
I mean, I can go visit Iran with my Iranian passport and there's no problem because, you know, American people cannot easily travel to Iran because of the relationship they have. Yeah. So I think that's a good thing about having two passports. Definitely. I mean, that's good that you're not shut out of your home. You yes. know, like where, I mean, like your original home. Yes. For sure. Yeah. A key aspect of the immigration process that Hassam had made clear to me was the adaptation to America. Cultural norms, slang, and trying to acclimate oneself to a new environment. These are all things that he discusses in this next portion of our interview, right here. There are like two different things about, like immigration is not easy. There's a lot of like emotional stuff going on. And you know, like I we chose to move to the US, but there are some people that they cannot choose. They, they there's no way for them to stay in the country that they live in. They want to move, like they have to move out of the country. And I'm sure like, you know, there are a lot of refugees in the world that, you know, they want to come to the US. People that they don't have the opportunity to choose, like, hey, now I want to live in this country or I want to move to another country. You know, there are a lot of like different problems for them that they have to do it. Um, as I said, like we chose to come to the U.S. Uh, I mean, I like it. I just kind of like the beginning was like really hard. You know, just immigration is not easy. Um, like I got here for a f- for the first months, I was like kind of depressed. I was like homesick mm-hmm. because when I moved here, my mom and dad they were back home. Uh-huh. My brother was only here, and I. You know, it was just like raining all the time. I have seasonal allergies. We're just sneezing. I didn't have any friends. Move here specifically to e- Eugene. Eugene. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty harsh. Yeah, especially with like, for sure, seasonal allergies, and and then also it being cloudy all the time. It's just yeah, not. So I got here, and my brother came to Portland from to the airport to pick me up. So we were driving <laughs> from Portland to Eugene, and I saw the worst rain ever like it was crazy the car was shaking on i-5 i'm like oh my god and then we got to the salem area and you look over i'm like hmm look at the farms and the ships and the cows and everything i'm like am i moving to a village (laughs) (laughs) it was just really crazy for me you know because i'm a i'm from tehran it's a big city like it's as big as new york Mm -hmm. And it's, like, crowded, a lot of people, a lot of, like, tall buildings. It's, like, city. And when I saw the ships and cows on I-5, I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. I, I'm sure that must have been shocking. And that's, you know, that's one of my favorite things, like, for people who aren't from here, uh, is that... Um, like, okay, I'm sure... Have you flown out of the Eugene airport at all? Yes. Okay, so, like, people who aren't from here who fly into the Eugene airport, and then you're, like, driving them out there, and they're, like, kind of like you said, you're like, um... Is did this I come our to, like, living farmland? room? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they see the sheeps and, like, the cows on the side. Yeah. yeah. That's always, like, a super, like, funny experience. And it's, it. like, really small, you know, mm-hmm. compared to the other airports. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it's a good thing, you know? You don't need to wait in, yeah, like, right. long line. Pretty convenient. And, yeah. Yeah. They just feels weird but it's okay i like it now <laughs> yeah i mean that's good that you've been able to adapt and adjust yeah um like uh has like did you already speak english fluently in iran or what's the education like there 
Yeah, so I took a couple of English courses back in Iran. They said it like, yeah, if you register for these classes, you can speak English like really good. I'm like, yay. And it was even like before I knew that I'm, I want to come to the U.S. It was just like practicing another language, you know, learning another language. Is English the second primary language in Iran? No. Or, no? Okay. It's like in high school, like you, they teach you Arabic and English, but like basic level of you know like learning another language mm -hmm. and the interesting thing about Iran is that um, like different part of country they have like their own dialects and sometimes language you mm -hmm. know but Farsi or Persian is the main language official language of the country anyway so they teach you English and Arabic in English, I cannot say it's like a second language, but it's like mostly Arabic because of the the official like religion of the country is mm -hmm. Islam. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be a good Muslim, you know, you need to know how to read the Quran. So it's in Arabic. So you need to know what it says, you know. So, uh, yeah. So I took those courses and it was like more of a grammar, like formal like talking and writing so i got here everyone started talking to me and i'm like huh what <laughs> what do you mean i couldn't like because people use a lot of slangs and i was about to say <laughs> yeah i'm like huh? <laughs> what do you mean yeah. and you know for the first two or three months i was just surrounded by persian people like my brother's friends that are all from iran i didn't practice that much english you know it was just at the airport and it was like they asked me questions, like the basic questions. I'm like, yes, no, yes, I do. You know, those type of things. Yeah. And then I got here, I had to communicate with people. I'm like, uh, I don't know. And yeah, so it was, it was a little, you know, hard at the beginning. But I was younger, so <laughs> I kind of like learned how to speak. One thing that Hassan mentioned being missing in his time here was good, authentic, traditional foods that he'd been used to back in Iran. In this portion of our conversation, Hassan gave me a lesson in traditional foods that I might expect to find where he's from. In addition, he's also told me some foods that he's grown fond of while living here in the U.S. Yeah, it's really hard to find Persian food in Eugene. You know, mm. there are like restaurants in Eugene that the owners are Persian, but they don't have Persian food. Really? And what do they serve instead? Like, maybe American version of Persian food. Like, everything has fries next to it. I'm like, this is not Persian. Uh-huh. <laughs> or, you know, they have, like, um, like, American food, like burgers and, you know, like, eggs and bacon and those type of things. Well, uh, what's, like, a traditional dish that I, like, I might go travel to Iran or, and expect to eat? Uh, or be if served? If you are a vegetarian... Iran is not a good place for you to go because we love meat. Um, but actually a good, like a delicious vegetarian food is that we have an eggplant. We have an eggplant dish. We call it kashkeba demjoon. It's so yummy. It has like these yummy like fried eggplants, a lot of garlics, dried mints. And we have something like sour cream, but it's not sour cream. Is it yogurt-based? Yeah, it's yeah. like dairy, but 
um, we call it cask. It's like a little bit more sour than mm-hmm. sour cream. And you put it on top. So good. Cool. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you're making me hungry. Um, what's it, like? What's your favorite dish that like your parents co- or your family cooks? So my dad and my brother are really good at like doing barbecue, like grilling and stuff. So I'm sure you've heard of kebab. You know, I love lamb kebab and chicken kebab. Those are like my favorites. And my mom, she's a really good cook. You can ask my friends. <laughs> and she makes, uh, we have, like most of the Persian foods are like, you have rice and you have a stew that you like serve with rice, like you put it on your rice. So we have a stew uh, called Korma Sabzi. It's the best. You should try it if you go to a Persian restaurant. Yeah. Have you found, has there been anywhere in the United States that you've been able to find good Persian food? Yes, there is a couple of restaurants up in Portland. One of them was really good. Everyone should go there. Blue Olive. Um, it's in Beaverton. I'm doing a little bit of advertising. <laughs> If you have a referral code, referral code Hassam <laughs> 12. Use Hassam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like really good. B-L-U, Olive. Gotcha. Yeah. Dang. Everyone should go there. Yeah, really you know, good. I'm going to have to reach out to them for like a sponsorship. Like, hey, <laughs> yeah, like, hey, hey. <laughs> free marketing. Um, that's cool. Yeah, no, I I personally am like so fascinated by food or like different cultures and just like the mix of flavors that like exist out there but people just haven't tried or like don't even know that exists like yeah what you said about like that extra sour cream i'd love to try that um yeah it's really good the dishes um is a lot of like spices incorporated into the dishes and stuff like yes that? we use a lot of spices mm-hmm. but you can call it a spicy but it's not spicy hot like it's not like chili based or like curry based it has like a lot of flavor it's like flavorful because we mix different types of spices but it's not hot gotcha yeah yeah it's so so great on like a hot or sorry excuse me on like a cold like chili day when you just get kicked in the face with like a mouthful of something like stewy and like spicy yeah excellent i love it that's awesome Thanks for taking like the food route with me. I, You're I, welcome. for people who like come from other cultures, I always love asking questions like that. Yeah, I know I'm a foodie person. I love to eat. What, um, what has there been any dish that you've been introduced to in America that you that's like that's grown on you since you've been here? Yes, like this culture of like brunching, <laughs> you know, going to brunch on Sundays. I love it, and bottomless mimosas. Um, yeah, just like going to brunch on Sundays with family and friends and, you know, having your egg benedicts or, you know, anything with egg or bacon. I love it. So good. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. Brunch is such an uh, excellent thing that exists. Yeah. I really like it. Another major component of Hassam's life has been his education. Having to start all the way back from square one after nearly completing his bachelor's degree back in Iran was undoubtedly difficult. However, he was not discouraged from having to start fresh and jumped right back into it, attending LCC, then transferring to U of O to graduate with a degree in general science. So I studied one year of biology when I was in, uh, was at LCC, Lincoln Community College, and I decided to do dentistry, like apply for dental schools. And I found out, like, it's not good for your resume 
and to study at a community college for more than one year if you want to apply for dental school. And then I transferred to U of O. So it was like my sophomore year, I transferred here, and I said, yeah, biology is my major. So I studied biology, like I was a biology major, till last term of my senior year. And I found out that I need to take this like um, 400 <laughs> level classes of biology that I didn't need for my applications for dental school. I'm like, okay, what should I do? What should, you know, I said, like, yeah, I went to my advisor and she said like, yeah, you can change your major to um, uh, general science and then you can get a minor in biology and minor in chemistry. I'm like, okay, sounds good. Yeah, so I changed my major to general science, and I got two minors in biology and chemistry. That's cool. I'm sure that looks really good on a resume. Yeah. Having that, like, versatility, uh, just knowledge. So when I was at LCC, uh, I was a work study. They have a dental clinic. So I started doing, you know, my work study there. I was just doing, like, filing and just doing, like, office work type of thing. And then when I transferred to Yovo, they told me, oh, you cannot have your work study here because you're moving to another school. And so I said goodbye to them. And they said after like a week or so, they said, hey, we want to hire you as a real employee. I'm like, okay. So I went back there. And then so I was in this like field of dentistry for this, I don't know, it's been almost seven years now. That's a great opportunity. That's, yeah. that's that, wow. That's super cool that you're yes. able to secure something like that. Yeah. Especially after the like, the disappointment and the questioning of like, is this going to be the end of it? And then being brought back like that. It's so awesome. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I was just doing like office work at the dental clinic, and when I told them I want to, yeah, I want to apply for dental school to become a dentist. They're like, oh, that's really good. It's a, like a good environment for you to be here, and you can put it on your resume. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I mean, with good. seven years of experience under your belt, I'm sure you're going in just like packed up with like. Yes. I don't know. Just <laughs> all. I was like the like. I'm sure you felt pretty prepared for that. Yeah. Is that is that was that actually the case? Yes. So because um, so I applied for dental schools when I grad. Like I took a gap year, to like. You know, see how the board is going. <laughs> and so I, I applied for dental school. Sorry, bye bye. Mm, a little bit before that. So when I graduated from U of O, um, I told them, I told my work, I want to apply for dental school. They're like, oh, okay, sounds good. We have, uh, we, because it's part of the LCC and they have like hygiene program and they have assisting program. They told me, Hassam, do you want to learn how to do a sterilization? I'm like, yeah, that's a, I like that. I want to do that. And then, so I took that course. And then after that, they're like, yes, do you want to uh, learn how to take x-rays? I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. So I took another course at the, at LCC. And, you know, there are like board exams that you need to take. So I took that exam. And then I became an assistant, a dental assistant at LCC. And then we had this dentures uh, at LCC they're like is somebody you want to be his assistant I'm like yeah sure why not so it was just like everything like you know 
came back to step back. by step. Yeah. You're just like building up. The, that's so cool. That's so yes. awesome. It's so fortunate that you're able to have that opportunity. And so you said you had to start back from square square one for your education. Yes. How did you feel about that? And like, what were you discouraged at all? Or did you t- kind of take it in stride and be like, all right, I did it once. I can do it again. Well, at first, it was just like a little difficult for me. I'm like, oh, I studied for three years and I didn't. Actually, more than three years. I had maybe like two terms left to get my bachelor's. And I, and you know, because in Iran for boys, they, the military service is mandatory. So after you finish your education, you need to do your military service. I'm like, I don't want to do like, like waste two years of my youth, you know, and do military service. And you know, I don't like those type of thing. I'm like, okay, it's okay. I'm going to go to another country, you know, like more opportunities. And yeah, I kind of start from, you know, beginning again. Yeah, at first it was just a little bit hard, like mentally for me. I'm like, okay, can I do this? Can I do like retake all these like math classes again? You know, physics again. And, but you know... I did it, <laughs> so it was a little bit hard before I start, but yeah, I made it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And was there any like particular resource on campus that you like were able to utilize in your favor, or any programs that kind of helped you through, or was it kind of just more independently led? Writing center <laughs> uh, is right above. I think nice library. They helped me a lot, and you know. It was just not about like, like a studying for me because I don't want to brag about myself, but you know, I kind of like a studying when I'm like in it, I'll just do it. Uh, but it was like more of an emotional thing, like finding friends and you know have that like support group, you know. Definitely. So EMU was was my place. You know, I found a lot of friends at EMU because they're like different there's like this multicultural thing yeah and we used to have another um we used to have another like I don't know department if you want to call it that there was like for languages different languages and yeah I made a lot of friends there and yeah it helped me a lot like emotionally In the final part of my interview with Hassam, he leaves us with insightful wisdom, his personal aspirations, and lets us in on his secret to his shining confidence. You know, sometimes it could be hard for people from other countries that they come here and they feel different. They think, oh, I'm not like rest of people here, or like my English is not good, or I cannot do this because I look different. You know, just be you. You will find your, you know, community here. And just be yourself, you know, and be strong, have fun. It's just all about, you know, I mean, doing your thing, but having fun. (laughs) Awesome. That's what I can say. Yeah, that's great. Um, So for like the last little bit, I just want to talk about you and your aspirations. Like what goals do you have for yourself? Are there any projects that you're working on? Yeah, my main project right now is school. So I'm in the dentist program right now, and I am finishing all my courses by end of September. So I'm just trying so hard to get all the A's. <laughs> and then 
uh, I have an internship to start, like in fall. So these are my main goals. Are you planning to stay in Eugene, or are you? Um, I'm not sure. I might move to Portland, Portland area, to get that city vibe. Yeah. <laughs> so no. Yeah. Do you miss that? Like, oh like yeah, the busyness. A lot. Yeah. It's, it's so quiet here. Yeah. So I'm sure that that. Could Sometimes be I tell my mom, "Mom, I miss traffic." And my mom looks at me like, are you crazy? <laughs> I'm like, I, at least like 15 minutes of traffic or something. I know it sounds crazy. but That is so strange. But yeah. I, I can understand that there's like some, there's more associated with it than, yeah. than just. It would just like bring back memories, you know. For sure. Yeah. And just like when you want to go from one place to another place in Eugene, will just take you like, I don't know, five minutes and you can only listen to two songs in the car (laughs) yeah i know one of the difficulties with this podcast is like it's nice to listen to a podcast like on your commute to work but when your commute Uh to work is only like 15 minutes you can only get like a quarter of the episode or half the episode i know that'll be interesting (laughs) to hear feedback on that yeah um all right so you've answered pretty much all of my questions with like excellent responses so i appreciate that so much um my one last question for you where does your confidence come from? You are such a shiny, confident person. Where did you find that and how like, did you um, step into that for yourself? I think it's just, I don't know. First thing, I'm a Leo. So <laughs> if you believe in those type of things. And, you know, it's just like maybe my family. Because my mom and my dad, they're all like always support me. You know, no matter what I do, just like... It's just not like if I do like crazy things for sure they will tell me, but it's just like if I want to start something new or do something that is not like traditional, you know, in our family and or anything like that, they always support me, and they'll just give me confidence, you know, to do more and more. <laughs> That's it for our show today. Special thanks to Hassan Riktegar for coming on the show and sharing with us. If you'd like more information from the episode today, check the show notes below. The best way you can support our show is to share it with your friends and family. If you'd like to stay up to date with the current episodes and projects, you can also follow our show on all major social platforms at Uniquely Eugene. I look forward to sharing with you all next week. Until then, I wish you all the best and thank you for tuning in to the Uniquely Eugene podcast.